0: Romans chapter twelve. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Romans twelve and verse number seventeen. Just one verse of scripture that we'll be looking at. But um, let me let me back up to verse number nine, and we'll read through verse seventeen. Let love. Romans twelve nine. Let love be without dissimulation. Uh, that would be hypocrisy. Is what that word means. Old King James word. Um, if you know Brother Wiseman, you know he likes the King James Bible right so let love be without dissimulation or uh, like we said hypocrisy abhor uh, that means shrink back from uh, avoid like the plague abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That's, that's who we're serving in these things, right? I mean, we're serving the Lord. We're doing all these things as unto the Lord. We're doing these things to glorify him, to honor him. So as unto the Lord. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. That's easier to do when you're family, right? Or really close friends. Um, You know, it's be of the same mind. But as a church, we're called, I mean, from all walks of life, we're called to be of the same mind toward one another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. You know, don't, don't, in your own estimation, think highly of yourself. Recompense. This is our verse for this morning, verse 17. Recompense or repay to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, it's not always, but if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, as much as it depends upon you, live peaceably, with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. Not yours. Doesn't belong to me. Doesn't belong to you. The Lord says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. Doesn't that confuse him? <laughs> Why would you be nice to me? I hate you. Uh, but if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire upon his head. That's the confusion. Like, why would this person do this unto me? I can't stand it. You know, maybe they'll hate you more, but maybe um, maybe they'll be overcome with good. That's what verse 21 says. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Father, again, as we bound your presence, we give thanks unto your name for your goodness, your graciousness unto us. We pray, Father, that you would be with us in the remainder of this service, Father, that you would speak unto each and every heart here, that you would make yourself known. We ask that you would help us to declare uh, your glory and honor you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'll do the standing for the rest of the time. All right. <laughs> all right. So, recompense. Recompense. What do we say that word meant? Repay. Don't repay people evil for evil. I mean, that's the way the world is, right? I mean, the world's. I mean, you're going to get me. I'm going to get you one back. I may get one over on you before you get yours swung. You know, I may be faster than you. You know, you see some of the old westerns. Some of those guys were faster. You know, on the draw. Um, but a wrong for a wrong does that make a right? No, that doesn't make a right. And that's not just worldly philosophy. I mean, that may be a good moral teaching um, you know, that a lot of different religions may accept and promote. But what we have before us here is God's Word. What does God expect of us? What does God call us to? Um, now, the world would look at that and say, you know, meekness, that old meekness stuff, you know, turn the other cheek, you know, that's just, that's weak. I've got to project authority. You think the Lord projected authority? Yeah. He said, I am meek and lowly of heart. Come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So our attitude towards others who have wronged us is often to get even. An eye for an eye sounds pretty good, doesn't it? To the flesh. Getting revenge is naturally appealing, but it's not what the Lord's called us unto. An eye for an eye is justice. You know, that's what we deserved. And what we were talking about this morning, because of our sins, that's what we deserve is justice. But what have we found in Christ? We found mercy. You know, so the Lord's called us unto mercy. Think about this whole thing of vengeance and revenge and getting even with people. The Lord says, you take that up, you're taking up something that belongs to me. You think you can do a better job than God? I don't think so. You think you could handle the situation with more wisdom than he could? No, don't think so. Um, what's the Lord called us unto? Not returning evil for evil, for sure. Um, last week, you know, we, we, we kind of looked at our perfect example in verse number 16. Verse 16, um, I'll read that to you. Be of the same mind one t- toward another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Um, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, he was humble. Um, And so we used that as our example last week. Well, today, you know, with what we're looking at in verse number 17, we want to do the same thing. We want to use the most perfect, the greatest example that we have in scripture. I mean, we know people. I could look at Brother Wiseman and say, boy, he really does this part uh, of of faith really well. Um, You know, he he really loves people. Um, He's really genuine. He's really compassionate. Um, I, I wish I loved people the way that he does. You know, we can look at people and we can see, you know, those things in one another. I mean, we all have weaknesses, right? Uh, I'm thankful that that the Lord put me together with someone that was strong in points where I was weak. And she could say the same thing, that I'm strong in points where she may be weak. And we complement, you know, one another. Um, And as a church, we do that too. I mean, because not all of us are on the same page all the time. Not all of us have grown to the same place. I mean, some of us are a little further back than the rest. Um, you know, I was usually that guy on the football field. Uh, I was, if I weighed this when I was playing football, I would have done a whole lot better. Um, but I was like 130 pounds. I mean, on the program, I was six feet tall and weighed, you know, 200, but that was just the coach trying to intimidate the other team. They're looking across saying, there's no way that guy doesn't, he's not that tall and didn't weigh that much. Um, they found out when they squared off against me because I was you know, a rag doll, you know, kind of thing, but I just didn't weigh that much. But Uh, Some of us are a little better at things than others are. We're a little faster. Some of us are a little slower. Uh, some of us are a little little better at, at, at resisting certain things. That I mean, a temptation to one person would be like, that's not a temptation to me at all. But it's a great temptation to the other person. So, I mean, we understand that we're all not in the same place, and we're called to help one another. We're called to pray for one another, encourage one another, love one another. Um, that thing that person does may be the thing that just is like fingernails on the chalkboard to me. Um, but I'm, I'm called to love them. Um, you know, I've got to overlook that and pray for them. Um, They may not even realize that it's something that bothers me. So we've been talking about some of those things in in recent days. I mean, you think about vengeance, and you think about somebody that could have, have avenged themselves. You think about the Lord Jesus Christ before Pilate, and what did he say when Pilate said, "'Do you not know that I have the power to either put you to death or to release you?' And the Lord said, "'You would have no power over me at all, except it were given to you from heaven.'" at this moment, I could call 12 legions of angels. You see in scripture what one angel does. You imagine 12 legions of angels, what they could do? Um, if, he could have avenged, if anybody could avenge themselves, it would be him. I mean, those angels, can you imagine here the Lord is on trial, who they have worshiped, who they do worship, and who they do adore? I mean, you, you think about some of the, the armies you know, Patton and different people in the past. And you think about those men who served under them. Do you think they were at the ready, Brother Wiseman? When, when their general says go, I mean, they, those, were men, those were men of honor that would go. You don't think those angels were at the ready? If the Lord had called, they would have drawn swords and just slain the whole lot of them. But that's not why the Lord came. The Lord came in mercy and humility. He came and humbled himself to become a man and to die on a cross I mean, you think about death and what man had invented at that time as far as death was concerned. Where's Steve at? Steve, is, it was, was that probably the most cruel thing that could be done to a person in that day? Steve's a big history buff. I mean, as far as the way you could be put to death, the cross was a pretty cruel way, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, that was, as far as imagining ways to put men to death, that was a painful, excruciating way to be put to death. Yeah. You do, having to lift yourself up and the the weight and and, and the pain, all that that is involved there. Um, The Lord didn't just die in in some other way. He died upon a cross. He died upon a cross for us. Um, He humbled himself even to the point of death, even the scripture says the death of the cross. It was a humiliating death that he died. Um, but he did that for you and me he could have you remember there were men that passed by There were those that were i'm not talking about the roman soldiers There were those that were passing by the pharisees and those who had 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 wanted him put to death for a long time And what were they saying if you be the christ come down off the cross? Aren't you glad he didn't We'd have no salvation to be had But he came to die and his life wasn't taken from him, was it? Scripture says that he gave it. He gave up the ghost. No man could take it from him, right? Is that what you were going to say, Brother Wiseman? <laughs> I stole your thunder, sorry. Hmm. So, as we did last week, we want to look at our perfect example. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 19. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 19. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. So imagine somebody wants you to do something that you. You don't have the liberty to do. I mean, you feel like the scripture is really against this. My conscience is against it. And because you won't do the thing, this is certainly high school territory, because you won't do the thing, though I worked in office places that was like being in high school, if you won't do the thing, that they think that you ought to do and join with them in the things that they're doing. And for conscience sake, you say, I cannot do that because I'm a Christian. And they ridicule you, and they persecute you over that. And I know it's, it's just words, right? But do words hurt? Absolutely. I mean, I heard that thing when I was a kid. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt. You know, words do hurt. They hurt. Uh, and they persecute you because of it. You're suffering wrongfully. You're standing for what's right but you're suffering like you did wrong because you won't do the things that the world does. Think about what the Lord did. Think about some of the things the Lord did. He healed a man on the Sabbath, right? And the Pharisees, for lack of a better term, crucified him for it. You know, I'm, and I'm, he wasn't crucified yet, but they, they just, I mean, they, they let him have it. You know, you're doing this on the Sabbath day Is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath day? What was the Lord teaching us? Is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath day? No, it's not wrong to do good on the Sabbath day. If if today's Sunday and it's a day of rest, the Lord's given that to us, I'm certainly glad. I mean, I know the world that we live in, Sunday's becoming something that's not so much. I mean, some of you are old enough to remember way back when even alcohol wasn't sold on Sunday, right? And a lot of businesses were closed on Sunday. So... You know, here we live in a day, though, that Sunday doesn't mean a whole lot. But here I am, day of rest, and Brother Wiseman calls me and says, Brother, I'm so sorry to bother you. Because he would probably start the conversation that way, but I really need some help. Well, I'm sorry, Brother Wiseman. It's Sunday and I can't come help you. How would that make you feel? And that, that wouldn't, that, that, would that please the Lord? That wouldn't please you, wouldn't please the Lord, wouldn't please your neighbors, it wouldn't please anybody. Um, I may please myself. But that's not right in God's sight for us to be that way. But this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it, he says, if when you be buffeted for your faults or accused for your faults, uh, you should take it patiently? I mean, you did something wrong. I've done something wrong, and people are, are saying I did something wrong. Poor me no, you did something wrong. You, 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 it, it's, it's just that they should say you did wrong and point the finger at you and say, you know, that was wrong, the thing you did. The opposite of that is what we read in the beginning, right? I mean, that we do something right and they do the same thing unto us. But he says, if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And that's what the Lord was doing. He was doing right he was doing only ever did good you remember they took up stones at one point to to cast at him and he said for what good work that i've done that are you going to stone me you know why are you gonna throw stones at me what good work have i done that you're going it's not because of a good work they said it's because you've made yourself out to be god he is god manifest in the flesh that's mysterious to us isn't it when you think about you think about him being he was equal with god that's what we we're talking about last week Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself and became fashioned like a man, you know, that he might give himself for our sins. But he's God. It's not wrong to worship Jesus. He's God. It's not wrong to worship the Holy Spirit. He's God. Certainly not wrong to worship God. He's God. Right? We don't have to go there. But, but um, if you do well and you suffer for it and take it patiently, this is acceptable. Not rendering evil for evil, that's unacceptable to God. But if you suffer wrongfully, this is acceptable in the sight of God. Remember whose vengeance, who does vengeance belong to? Belongs to the Lord, doesn't it? Do we do this perfectly? There's not any of us here that do this perfectly. I mean, we see what we're called unto, but we don't do this perfectly. But look what it says next in verse 21. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ suffered for us, Leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Some of you may have read that book that came out years ago, In His Steps. And the whole, what would Jesus do? You know, we can't do everything Jesus did. Not a bad question to ask. You know? we're, we're called to follow in his steps. That's what it says here. We're, we're called to be like Christ. Christ suffered for doing what was right. Guess what? Scripture says, if they hated me, the Lord says that they hate me, and, and you're my disciples, they're going to hate you also. Who likes to be hated? Uh, nobody likes to be hated. I mean, really. I mean, maybe some people you don't care about whether they hate you or not. We shouldn't feel that way, but, but uh, sometimes we do. Uh, what do I care whether you hate me or not? Um, but it says here, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Now, think about that term follow in his steps I mean here we're being called to follow in his steps not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing um, what else do we we read there you know in our text in Romans um, you know it's 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 things that that we've been we've been called unto um, on the wrong page sorry um, recompense or repay to man no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men I have a pastor friend that he's, he was, he's, a, a church is, is considering calling him to pastor there. He's without a church right now. And there's this lady that was telling him certain things. And, um, you know, this is, this, oh, oh brother, we, we really want you to come. We want you We would we'll do this and this, you know, for you. Cause he would have need of a place to live. A parsonage is normally something a church, you know, would do. And then he found out that in the meetings that were going on about calling to preach, she was saying, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. You know, so, I mean, that's not what we're called into, is it? Does that please the Lord? I mean, that's certainly, you know, what we what we see, you know, in what we just read there, you know, about providing things honest in the sight of all men. If, if you don't want the brother to come and preach, tell him. You know, if you don't like him, tell him. You know, he's already told me, unless the whole pulpit committee agrees and everybody wants him to come, he said, I'm not going he said, it's a small church, 20 people. He said, if one, if one family's against me, he said, I've got a big crew already all, are, <laughs> I've got a problem with, you know, uh, within the, the congregation. But um, the Lord left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Look at what verse 22 says in 1 Peter, who did no sin. Uh, we've already messed up, right? We've sinned. Um, Neither was guile. What does that word guile mean? It means deceit. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. That sounds a whole lot like Romans 12, doesn't it? When he suffered, he threatened not. If anybody could threaten, it would be him. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. What should we do when we are in that situation? Commit yourself to the Lord. Lord, this person has reviled me. Lord, this person has spoke evil against me. Lord, this person has said all sorts of things. What does the scripture say we ought to do with a person like that? How should... Yes, pray for them. That's right, exactly. I mean, if if, if if your enemy, you know, is doing those things to him, to you, you ought to pray for them. You know, that's what we're called to do. Uh, somebody knows their Bible. Um, but he suffered. He, he, he threatened not. He committed himself to God who judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. Um, So, I mean, you you think about that, follow his steps. That's a big footprint, right? I mean, these folks hear me say this all the time, but it's a good illustration. Can anybody who knows their scripture that's not on this side of the room, because I say it all the time, tell me how I'm to love that woman that's my wife right there. What does the Bible say? That I'm to love my wife as what? Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a big footprint. You know, we could say a big footprint, or we could say that's a long stride. I can remember trying to keep up with my dad as he's walking, and I'm holding his hand, you know. And his steps are this big, and I've got like three or four steps to, you know, make up for his one step. Um, But we're to follow, you know, in his steps. Uh, There's there's a hymn that we sing, isn't there? Some of you may know it, Footsteps of Jesus. Um, Here's some of the things that are said in that hymn. It says, Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come follow me. And we see thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Then the very last uh, chorus says, Then at last when on high he sees us, our journey done. We will rest where the steps of Jesus end at his throne. There's a path that the Lord set before us that we're to walk in, and we're to follow his steps. I mean, he's blazed the trail, and we're to follow in his steps. And it's a straight and a narrow path, isn't it? And we're to follow in his steps. Uh, Think about some of the places that... That we're called to walk. I mean, I've already said loving my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, but we can say the same thing about the church as a whole, can't we? I mean, we are called to love one another. How? As he loved the church, as Christ loved the church. How are you doing? You know, are you loving your, your brother or sister within the fellowship or the congregation that you're in as Christ loved the church? Am I loving my wife? Because I can point the finger back at me. I had one preacher, you know, when he pointed the finger, he said, I got three, you know, pointing back at me. I go, Am I loving my wife? as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? Um, that's, that's, that's a high bar, you know, to clear. Um, and we're only going to do it by, by grace. Do we, do we fall short? Absolutely, every day. You know, she, she could tell you more faults. I've lived with her longer now than I've lived with my mom, you know. My mom could have told you my faults when I was in high school more than my wife would have been able to, but my wife would probably be able to tell you more than my mom would be able to at this point, because we'll be married this year, 33 years. We hadn't made it as long as you made it a long time, brother. How many? 40? Yeah. Uh, What a blessing to see that in the day in which we live, Um, you know, 40 years, 50 years, 75. I I, I met a man that was 96 uh, recently, 75 years, you know. Seventy-five years. I mean, you've got to get married in high school and stay together, you know, all that time. Seventy-five years. So, you think about some of these places where the Lord walked. You think about how that He humbled Himself. You think about the disciples and how that the Lord, there they are eating. And the Lord goes, gets a basin, and gets a towel, and He comes and He washes the disciples' feet. I mean, that... How humiliating that must have been for the disciples, for their, for their master, for their lord to wash their feet. What was he doing? He was leaving us an example. Does that mean everybody needs to take their socks and shoes off and I'm going to go to the basin and come in here and wash your feet? You know that would make you very uncomfortable, wouldn't it? You know, uh, it would be humbling for me to wash Donnie's feet. Not that there's anything wrong with Donnie's feet. Donnie's feet are probably fine. You know he probably washed them this morning himself. You know, but that's not what the Lord's saying. The Lord's telling us that we need to humble ourselves, and we need to care for one another, and, and we need to pray for one another and encourage one another. Um, I mean, there's the the, the the days aren't getting better, are they? I mean, things seem to be getting worse. Um, I mean, I try not to watch too much of it, um, at least not on a daily basis, because it can really it can really get into your thoughts and just not get out of there. You know, um, try to spend some time in this. You know. And not on whatever your favorite you know, news channel is, but, but our paper or, or uh, something on the internet. But um, the Lord washed the disciples' feet. He took a towel and he girded himself and he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel. And you remember how Peter responded. And Peter says, no, no, you're not going to wash my feet, Lord. Uh, I'm not worthy that you should wash my feet. And the Lord said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in this ministry. And you remember Peter said, wash me head to toe, you know. And he said, well, I'm just doing your feet, you know. That's all we need to do. I'm giving you an example um, that we ought to, I mean, it's an example of servitude. That I mean, think about what Scripture says about how that we are to regard one another as greater than what? Than ourselves. Doesn't that really smack the face of the flesh? I mean, we want to think about ourselves and do for ourselves, you know, and be consumed with ourselves. But... We're called to follow in His steps, and His steps say, "You be more concerned about your brother than you are even about yourself, or your sister than you are about yourself." That doesn't mean that I am going to neglect my family, you know, to go and take care of somebody else's family, but I need to regard their needs as much, you know, as as my own. So, you know, does our does our foot fit in that print? These are the footprints that we're called to follow. Uh, Does our foot fit there? Well, if our foot fits there, then they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you also. It is through much tribulation that we're going to enter into the kingdom, the Scripture says. So if we place our foot where Jesus placed his, you're going to suffer persecution. Now, does that mean we're going to be in prison? Does that mean we're going to be, you know, burned at the stake? I mean, we could go a lot of different places with that, couldn't we? I mean, we have so little persecution in this country. We've got brothers and sisters in China and places like that that are imprisoned. We've got brothers and sisters in places like Iran. You know, that if they find a Christian, they will not only kill them, but they'll put the list of all the Christians they know on their body and leave it there in the street. What, is, what are, the, what are the, the brothers and sisters going to want to do? They're going to take care of their, of their deceased, uh, you know, brother or sister in Christ. And there's that. You're next. Well, guess what? You stand in the same place that our Lord stood when he told Pilate, you have no power against me at all, except it's given to you from heaven. So can we boldly do these things? Can, can we boldly walk where Jesus walked? Can we boldly do the things that he's called us to do? Absolutely. Because there is a sense in which you are invincible. I'm not telling you to walk out in front of an 18-wheeler driving down the road out here. You know. But what I am saying is you are in, they cannot touch you. The devil can't touch you. Unless the Lord gives him permission. And if he does. What is Romans 8.28? Anybody know Romans 8.28? What does it say? What was it? He does. All things work together. For the good. Of those who love God. And are called according to his purpose. So think about old Job. A lot of things happened to Job. right? But the devil couldn't touch him except that God gave him permission and that goes if it goes for the devil it goes for men too they cannot touch you unless God gives them permission I mean how many times was Paul imprisoned how many times was Paul beaten I mean he was stoned he was shipwrecked those things happened to Paul I mean they stoned him thought he was dead drug him out of the city and left him there And next thing you know he's walking around again you know, I don't know, sister, you could tell us what that probably did to his body, you know, for him to come to the place where he succumbed to those wounds. But then again, you know, the Lord didn't permit him to die. And he's back preaching again, you know. Um, does it mean we're not going to suffer any? No, no, you're, you're, you, you may suffer. And you, not only that, but it says here you'll suffer for doing what is right. That just seems wrong, you know, to suffer for what's do, what, doing right. You know, it just seems wrong. But that's what the Lord's called us unto. He's called us to suffer. He himself suffered for us. So does our foot fit there? This is where we were last week in Philippians 2. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Again, the footprint we're stepping where jesus stepped we're walking where he walked i mean people think about this i, I used to have a, a strong desire to go to other countries the way things are right now i don't want to go anywhere i'm not even sure i want to leave texas you know anymore but you know how people they want to go over to the holy land they want to walk where jesus walked well you can walk where the lord walked without going to jerusalem here you're being called to walk in the steps that's what we're being told here. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Another way of saying, following it in his steps. Loving one another as I have loved you. That's his steps. Um, he did not sin. Now, again, I said you know, there's things that he did that we, we've already messed up. We've sinned. There's things the Lord does that we can't do. But there are things that he's called us to that we can do. And can I, can I, can I seek not to sin? Can I, can I try to guard my steps and my tongue and my thoughts? You know, you remember the little song when we were in Sunday school, be careful little hands, you know, what you touch, eyes what you see, ears what you hear, f- feet where you go. You know, can I, can, I, can I guard those things against evil? You know, I, I know I'm still in, 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 in a fallen state. You know, I've, I've been redeemed as far as, as, far as my soul is concerned, but I still live in this flesh and blood body that hasn't been redeemed. I'll receive a glorified body one day They won't be able to sin. And I'll dwell in a place where righteousness only dwells. that's what Scripture tells me. There will be no possibility of sin. There's still a possibility here. Are we aiming at holiness? The Lord says, Be ye holy as I am holy. I mean, the Bible says, Be ye perfect. I mean, that's the standard. That's the goal. That's the step. That's where we're supposed to be walking. He is our example even in death. What did the Lord say in death? Father, anybody? Forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Stephen said the same thing when he was being stoned, didn't he? There's our example. I mean, I I know this is hard, isn't it? I mean, you just think if you were in that position where Stephen was and all those men were surrounding him and they had taken up stones to throw at him. And he stands there, and he continues to preach to him. Not only continues to preach to him as they're killing him, he is praying for them. Believe me, I'm, I know. That's a big step. Um, Lord, give us grace to, to respond in such a way. Because, again, they can't take our lives. They can't take our lives. Uh, God has, God's in control of that. God's in control of that. Don't fear men and what men could do. Fear God. Fear God. So, you know, what do we do do with ourselves in those circumstances? We commit ourselves unto the Lord. Lord, you're in control here. I don't know what's about to happen, but give me grace to follow you. Again, following in the steps, to follow you through whatever's about to take place here, to follow you, to follow in your steps. If any man will come after me, Luke 9.23 says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, daily, and follow me. So he's left us an example to follow. He was despised, the Lord of glory, despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, We we see that. um, The the, the thief could see it, couldn't he? You know, one of the thieves on, on the cross beside him. You know, to the other thief he said, this man's done nothing wrong. Why are you reviling him? You know, the Lord wasn't reviling in return, right? So here's the Lord upon the cross. This thief is reviling him, you know, saying, if you're the Christ, get us out of this you know, get us out of this mess we're in. And the other thief saying, you know, we are, we are justly being punished for what we did. The punishment fits the crime for what we've done. This man's done nothing wrong. Why are you reviling him? And then he calls upon the Lord to remember him when he, when he comes into his kingdom. And the Lord says, truly this day, you'll be with me in paradise So the gospel is more than just Christ died for our sins. He died that we might die to sin ourselves, that we might live unto righteousness, that we might walk in His steps. Is what is set before us here this morning. It's not going to be a bed of roses, that's for sure. There's going to be trouble, but it's just like with Paul when he was on the ship before he was shipwrecked. I mean, the Romans were about to kill all of the prisoners. You know that was that was the thing that was done. Uh, instead of them having the opportunity to escape, they would all be, you know, run through with the sword. And you remember Paul stood up and said, an angel stood beside me this night and said, there'll be no loss of life. You know, no one's going to escape. Everybody's going to survive. So you see him committing himself unto the Lord. And you know, we commit ourselves unto the Lord. What's Who's in control of this situation? The Lord's in control of this situation. I mean, you want to think about walking in steps. I thought about this, and it's... You know, not necessarily within the framework, so to speak, and the things that we do. But you think about Peter following the Lord's steps. Peter walked on water. Now, you may say, whatever, that didn't happen. Nobody walked on water. No, Peter was following the Lord's steps. The Lord said, Peter, after Peter had said, Lord, if it's you, command that I come out. And he said, come. And Peter walked, physically walked on water. Now, what can we say about that? Other than with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's impossible for me. It's impossible for you, but nothing's impossible with God. And Peter walked in those steps. That's pretty incredible to think about. Do you desire to walk as he walked? Do you desire to walk in his steps? Are you taking up your cross and following him daily? Are you committing yourself to him who judges righteously, not returning evil for evil or railing for railing? I could have started there, said that, stopped. But hopefully there's a little more meat you know, on the bones, so to speak, Um, and not just a skeleton, you know, there for us to think about. We're called to run the race with patience, looking unto the author and finisher of our faith. There's a finish line. There's a finish line, and there's a crown to be won. Look unto Him for grace. Commit yourselves unto Him. The Lord's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's going to supply your needs. There's nothing you have need of the Lord's not able to supply. Follow him. Follow in his steps. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Lord said, All these other things the world is so consumed by, he said, I'll provide those things. You seek me. You follow me. I'll provide those things you have need of. Is he faithful? He's faithful. Has he ever left you? You know, is he ever not provided? I mean, we've been in some rough places, I know, and we thought, How am I going to get out of this? What this is gonna, what's this going to look like on the other side? And, and we, we said, Lord, if you'll do this, I think that'll be the best thing in this situation. And the Lord comes from a direction you never even saw. And we're like, well, that was better. I couldn't see that. And the Lord is faithful. Look unto him. He's able to keep you. He's able to keep you. Well, I don't know what they're going to do because it's only 11.59. <laughs> and I normally preach till like 12.30. You know, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> and they're getting off early today. You know, remember what it was like in school when you got out early. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting out early today. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I didn't keep you past lunchtime. So hopefully you're hungry. There's plenty of food back there. Um, hopefully, plenty of fellowship. Um, you know, you guys being able to enjoy, you know, yourselves and your time together with one another. Um, you know, even over such a time as this, uh, we 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 need to. Lean on one another. We need to hold each other up, support each other, pray for one another, encourage one another. Uh, So, again, I'm I'm not I wasn't just saying that to say it. You guys stay as long as you want. You 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 visit with each other as long as you want. I'm I'm just assuming y'all don't all live next door to each other. I mean, what's the greatest distance between y'all? Who lives the furthest apart? Two hundred and fifty miles. Wow, wow, well, enjoy your time together. Uh, don't, don't, don't think that we're trying to rush you out because we we are not. I will be. I will stay here with you as long as you want to stay. You know, and and believe me, there's lots of days that I'm here until you know, the last person leaves. You know, uh, yeah, I did it last Sunday. <laughs> you know, he was watching me, sit across from him. I don't know if he noticed or not, but I had just driven in from Louisiana you know, the day before we had been to a Bible conference, and my wife and I both were talking about, boy, when we get to church, we're going to go home and take a nap, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, those things don't always work out that way, and uh, I don't know if you saw me nodding off, brother, while we were talking, but, uh, but I was like, like that's, that's terrible, you know, you, but you can't control that, you can't control sleep. Um, I know some of you probably don't fall asleep as, as quickly as you'd like to. I'm not that person. I mean, I can be talking to her and fall asleep, in bed. I mean, she will tell you. She, she can be talking to me and I fall asleep, but me talking to her, that's even, you know, more. Um, you know, I put my head on the pillow and I'm gone. Um, but, so when people fall asleep when I'm preaching, I'm like, I can't say anything. I remember as a kid I sat out there and I was like, I probably had my head on the back of the pew. You know, my mom's like, stop it. <laughs> no, actually what she would do is reach in to the inner thigh and she'd pinch you right there. <laughs> There were, there were occasions that uh, you were so out of it that somebody screamed. You, know? <laughs> you may have been that person, I don't know. This is my brother here. <laughs> well, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Um, return thanks for the meal we're about to, to, to eat. Brother Donnie, would you be so kind to pray for us?